This is the gospel. The same way you block me out to come in because I don't have hand sanitizer, this is the gospel that Jesus says that only those who believe in Him, they will have eternal life. They will inherit the kingdom of God. But they need the blood of Jesus on their life to inherit that place. Because only the blood of Jesus has the power to save you, cleanse you, set you free and fill you with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 verse 9, it says, Those who do not have the Spirit of God is nothing of Him. So you can be a cultural Christian and go to church. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you are nothing of Him. How do you know you have the Spirit of God? Well, there's no desire to sin. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. Those of you who don't know, we uh, have a visiting family, I want to say. Um, whoa. <laughs> we have uh, Picard here. He, uh, he is an evangelist, but it, he, we don't call him Evangelist Picard because he's too young for that. But <laughs> I'm kidding. He's an evangelist. He stands in the office of evangelist, and uh, I'm always so touched and inspired by him. They planted a church um, shortly after we did. They just copied us, and um, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, I was so... I was, it's not a normal thing for an evangelist to plant a church, but God spoke, and they were faithful, and their church is growing in Uppington like you won't believe, and people are flying from all over the country and the world to go to Uppington. Why? Because God is operating there through one righteous family that says, I want to do what God says. Amen? Not just one, but you started it, and uh, it's amazing to see. So please give them a warm Somerset West, Helderberg, Western Cape. Welcome to Picard Hen at Love Key Church. Come on. Love you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, we need a warm welcome this, uh, this weekend because it's not really <laughs> what we're used to. <laughs> in Uppington, everything's warm. Even in winter times, some winter times is really cold. But Heinz, Aleta, thank you for having us. Um, Aleta, we missed you the whole weekend, but we're glad that you decided to have the dress on that nobody can miss you today. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Annie, can you quickly stand up? just want to show them. Uh, this is my beautiful wife, Nadia. And uh, Yeah, so um, this is my wife. Heinz said last night, he said, behind every evangelist, there needs to be a praying wife. This is a praying wife. Let me tell you this. She wakes me up in the morning, morning hours, like one o'clock. Hey, we got to pray for the country. And I say, it's, I'll, I'll agree, you go. And then I'll say, amen, amen. And then I'll sleep with them. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Thank you for coming with. I prayed for you. Are we live already on Facebook? Okay. Because I couldn't find it. I want to share this with the peeps. Um, is it on Love Key Church or on Heinz's page? I said on, let me see. I love family, you know. Um, when we do anything... Okay, let me go, let me go, let me go down. Let me go. 
Is it on Lavki or on Heinz? Yeah, let me just go. You're going to struggle with that one. <laughs> let me just see, because I really want to um, just put that out. Yeah, yeah, do it. Play play it on my Facebook. Take a selfie. <laughs> I'll get an inbox. Heinz hacked your phone. <laughs> Guys, this is such an honor to be here today. And, um, and I look at all of the faces and all of the seats. How many seats did you pack out today? There's probably like 150 seats in here, at least. Yeah, so, you know, thank you. You know, um, as leaders um, of a church or as leaders of a group, it's most of the time it's not easy to say, guys, we actually need your hands. It's difficult because we feel like we don't want to be in a place where we, we uh, sound or come across needy or we just want something from you. But I'm going to take this opportunity to just ask you, guys, you guys really need a bigger building. <laughs> like, and it's not, we just, we're not saying this because we see the place is packed. We really felt that before we even landed, Tian got a word from the Lord for Heinz to tell him, there's going to be, there's, there's going to come a shift. You need a bigger place. <laughs> and, um, and I'm looking at 150 people and, and I know that, you know, we, we don't want to put any amount on anything. But let me tell you this. If 150 people decide to give 1,000 rand every second month, you have 150,000 rand every second month. And that's, and that's not difficult to give. Literally, I told Nadia, just emptied the ministry's account in Heinz's account this morning. But there's not much, so it's fine. <laughs> people think I'm rich. I go, you... You just rob the people and take their money and travel the world. I go, yes, and I have 50 rand in my account right now, but I'm enjoying Burger King. So thank you for letting me know. Um, so I want to encourage you to not leave this place today and go, oh, yeah, I could make klein geld in die for You know, we so often go, oh, no, we, we give what we have now. And we actually have more to give. We have to give. The body of Christ in the early church, Acts, they brought everything that they have and gave it to the apostles and then distributed to where there was a need. And we say, no, we want to be the church. Well, can you give what you have to your leader and say, distribute whatever where there's a need? We still need to reach, I, I don't believe I would be able to do that, but we still need to reach a place where, where we can actually just say, you know, I love this vision. And I've, and I know that there's people here that came here and they were lost until they came here. Everything was falling apart until you came to this place. And it's not because of Heinz or whatever. God has called you to a family. And then, you know, I, uh, I, I'm going through the whole Bible right now. And um, I told Nadia, I said, you know, in Genesis, when Melchizedek blessed Abraham, Abraham's response was, I'll give you 10%. It wasn't a law. And it wasn't a rule. It was his response. You go on reading in Genesis, you come to get Genesis 28. Jacob goes into a field, puts his head on a, on a rock, goes into a vision. And he sees ladders, angels coming up and down. And then he sees the Lord way on top, looking at him and God saying, Hey, and I'm paraphrasing, Hey, Jacob, this land that you're on, I'm going to give it to you. When Jacob came out of the vision... You know what the first thing was he said to the Lord? If you feed me and look after me, I'll give you 10%. It was his response 
to the goodness. It wasn't, oh, there's a rule. It was, God, I am so thankful. I'll give you. But then the new covenant came. And then he was like, I don't need your 10%. I need everything. Because in the new covenant, all belongs to him. It's a better covenant than the old one. But in the new covenant, you know, my wife, I would take her out for, for dinner. I go, honey, this is my last 500 rand. We're going on a date. And you know what Nadia's response most of the times is? She will say, honey, before we go home, someone will pay something into your account. That's how I know you. And I know it's not me. It's because I go, Lord, everything belongs to you anyway. And if I have something to give, I can give. Not because I need to or I want to, but because this is my response. Lord, I am thankful. That's why I sat here. I was like, this is what I have in the account. I went out. I took the snap scan. I'm going, snap scan? I don't know. This is new for us. Uppington. We don't know snap scan. Yeah. Yeah, this is the people in Uppington. They go like this. Facebook and and Instagram and here. Woo! And as a quote, is dank and I saw my comment work and I'm gonna track. That's how the people, most people go do Facebook and Instagram. But I, I went out, I'm like, snap scan, how does this work? And I really felt like I'm emptying this. You know why? Because my heart's thankful for what God is doing in this place. Amen. I saw it this weekend. And I and I I uh, I've known your family for at least now five years, at least five years. And what I've seen in the last two years in this family, my heart's thankful. And then I'll go, Lord, you know, I want to buy into this vision because I went to that property. I'm like, this is it. People, your lives will be changed. And imagine now I say, okay, right, guy, tomorrow morning we have another service. Please bring someone with. Where are we going? What the heck? Okay, let's just grow this family. Everybody get kids. And then the old people go out because the kids need to get a place to sit at. You know? No. So I want to encourage you as a leader. And he's not going to, he didn't ask me. He won't never ask me, probably never ask me to do this. But I want to encourage you today um, during this service, put your heart out and put your faith out. I'm going to speak on faith this morning to stir it up. But put your faith out and go, Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I actually support this vision and I want to give into this. And whatever the Lord lays on your heart, do that. You know, I have a, I have a good friend. Um, he, uh, he, they bought a farm. They bought a, a farm. What is a Google farm? Trust. They bought a farm out of a trust for a couple of million. And, uh, but it was, a, it was a, like, a, like a bargain buy, he, him and a, another friend. And then within one month, the Lord spoke to them and told them they need to leave Uppington. And he was like, what? I just bought a farm. And then he told the Lord, God, if you sell this farm within this month, I'm, se- I'm sowing all the profit that I make on this farm. So they sell the farm for 2.4 million rand more than they bought it within one month. And then they split the 1.2 each, and they did, literally took that 1.2 million and sowed it into ministries. Our ministry got 135,000 rand at that time. We got, we got to buy. And I'm looking at this, and I go, well, this is the kingdom. This is... Because if that dude was selfish, he would have kept it for himself because he had to move and then he, he doesn't make any loans ever. He just buys everything cash. He had to move to Cape Town and then buy cash. And he had an extra 1.2 and he decided to sow it into a kingdom. You know why? Because God blessed him and he was thankful 
and then he sowed into. That was his response. Like, thank you, Lord, 1.2 million. And I looked at it, and I'm like, Jesus, I need this in my life. I'm a generous sower. I love sowing. That's, all, that's what's keeping us alive, sowing and reaping. It's, that is a, that is, if you don't believe in that, you're missing out. I promise you. But we never give to get. We give because we love. Yeah, so, Heinz, we love you, and we pray that the Lord will bring in everything that you need for that place. And I know that I'll be back for a massive school of evangelism in that place. Yeah. So, uh, yes, so if you, um, is it okay if I invite the people to our school in November? Okay, cool. So we have a, if you missed this one, come to Uppington in November. They, um, who's been in a school in November, in Uppington before? Is there anyone here? There's, in Uppington schools? No, no, just, you've been in Uppington before? November month, ne? Pakkie duivels sy tas en dan loop, hy is te warm daar. <laughs> Ons is ons slaaf van hom vir twee maanden daar. <laughs> um, so if you've never, if you've been to Uppington, great. But if you, trust me, you, if you, this school was amazing. But I, I told Heinz, I said, well, you know, we did this school. In Uppington, we have 11 sessions of this. And there's no time limit. We just go, 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 Werner. There was a session we did, I think it was about two hours, and then the Holy Spirit came in, and Vanna would put the guitar down, and he went flat on his face. And I was about to preach, so I just sat down, and I went, should I even say anything? <laughs> and then for at least another hour, there was nothing. No one singing, nobody preaching, nothing. And you could just, there was a pad in the background, and you could hear the soft, uh, the soft whispers of worship. They came from places in the room, people singing and being on their face and just glory. And I was going, Lord, you gave me a word, should I give it? Is it for tonight, for tomorrow? What? Because I'll just, we can go home or we can stay or we can, whatever. We're just here, Lord. And, uh, and we were stayed in that presence. It's one of those places where you don't even want to go to the bathroom because you're afraid you're going to miss something. And, um, and it's not because Uppington is special. It's because God has spoken a word over that town. And we said yes. And it's not always easy. You know, it's easy for us to come here and we say yes. We preach. You guys love it. You guys go, when are you moving to Cape Town? Because that's what's happened when we get people in Uppington. We go, then Lord say you need to move to Uppington maybe. And, uh, and when you're in Uppington, the prophet is not welcome in his own hometown. So I had a guy in this week tell me, uh, someone, some of the other leaders, uh, they had a talk with him, and and he got baptized, and you know, all this stuff happened. And the leader literally turned around and walked away because I baptized the dude, and it wasn't him. And I'm like, you know, schaan nou eerst tien stappen van die doop die er loopt, en wacht ons vir die sommer, want die water kies is nou te koud. Nee, schaan jy nou in die water en druk, jy maak koud kry. So, well, they, uh, we're, we're, hey, this is the first time I have a camera. Guys, mama. Mama, see, kijk, thumbs up on the comment section. Mama, see, kijk. Lekker. Uppington, as you look, kijk. Thumbs up in the comment section. 
So first time, welcome to all of the online viewers for wherever. I don't know how this camera thinks. I've literally never had a camera this close in a church service. I don't know what to do with the thing. Have you seen people in worship? They just stand like this the whole time and they see a camera. They never raise their hands, but they go. Just a joke. <laughs> Are you guys okay? Are you really okay? Ah, yeah, yeah, draw the TV, bring a great TV for an so strong. Yo, we're gonna have a good time today, I can tell that. Yes, uh, quickly, um, I want you to, I'm gonna get you guys uncomfortable today. Is that fine? I told the guys at the school this weekend the reason for the uncomfortability is that, so that you can actually depend on the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, who can come comfort you in that place. Okay? So here's what we're going to do quickly. I need you to get out of your chair and go to someone that you do not know right now. It's easy for the Uppington people, but... Okay, have you found your person? If you found your person, first things first, what's your name? Introduce yourself. But don't leave. If you found them, don't leave, okay? Go to someone, get them, make a little group. Don't leave them. Say hi. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. So you found someone. You said hi. You got their name. Now, this is what's going to happen. We're going to give one minute for each person right now to pray over the person that you're with. But I want you to pray over them what you want people to pray over you. Okay? So don't go, oh, Lord... I thank you for my friend. Go pray over them. God, I thank you for this man. I thank you for his heart. Lord, I, whatever you feel the Lord wants to do in your heart or your life, pray it over the person next to you. You know why? We, we always tell people, bless people with the things you want to be blessed with. Okay? So, because that is loving your neighbor as you love yourself, right? So, wanneer I taxi for you in rai, hier ek sê nie die ou, Met the Mauritius vakantie. Ek weet partij ons sê nie, gladde stoelgang, maar gaan voorbij. Maar hierdie ou korte Mauritius vakantie, bless om dit, ok? 
Ons krijg van hens ook uncomfortable vandag. Hy die Heere nodig. Holy Spirit, come. So, then pray for the person next to you or in front of you. Everything that you feel you want God to do inside of you. Don't just go material. Well, we, we made a joke last night. Werner said here and sell and boss the guys in the Ferraris. The Ferrari is not doing his job because the guy's driving it angry. <laughs> you know? The guy's angry driving his Ferrari. Material, thi- material things are amazing, but they're not eternity. And they're not character. And they're not filled with life and love. So pray for the person in front of you, whatever God wants, you want God to do in your life. And yes, we're going to make it easy. The shortest person go first. Okay. So you don't argue. One minute and then change, okay? Um, while the people are praying in the building, I want to encourage the online viewers, if you're at home and you're watching with someone, uh, to pray over them as well. Um, Pray over the person at home next to you the way you would want someone to pray for you or over you. If you don't have anyone with you at home, I would encourage you to write down the names of the people that you love and the people that don't love you and then pray over them. That's nice, hey? It's good. Are you guys good? Who felt loved by this? Dang, that's good. See, so when you pray for people, pray what what you want God actually to do in your life, unless God gives you a definite word to share with Him. Because it's difficult. We we don't know. I don't know what to pray. Oh, you don't want God to do anything in your life? Father, I pray that you give them a tender heart. God, one that loves without hypocrisy. In Jesus' name, amen. Because that's my prayer. Lord, give me a tender heart, one that loves without hypocrisy. That I can actually go and I can say, I love you, and I mean it. Like, I love you, I'll take a bullet for you right now, and I mean it. Not just, I love you, I'll pray for you, and then you never pray. I'll actually, I love you. Right. So say this. Say, I love everybody. And everybody loves me. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, go quickly. If this is a church, you need your Bibles with you. If you don't have your Bibles with you, we'll pray for you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get one for you. I'm sure that's not difficult to do. Faith, in Hebrews 11 verse 6, says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I need you to listen to this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. God. That means if you don't do anything in faith, then whatever you do is not pleasing to God. The Bible is not just a story and it is not just a myth and it's not just something to read. It's actually to apply. It's practical. If you start to apply the Bible in your life, you'll start seeing the power of the Bible in your life. Reinhard Bonnke Made a, a, told a story once about this atheist that, um, that didn't believe. He said, well, if, you know, if God is still in the world, why are there so many sick people? And then Reinhard Bonnke, and I'm also paraphrasing, then he said, you know, um, if there is really soap in the world, why are there still dirty people? And then he said, even if you work in a soap factory, you will still stay dirty unless 
you take the soap and apply it to your life. And that's basically like going into the shower and reading the back of your shampoo bottle and going, oh, my hair's clean. And you put the bottle back. You actually need to put it on your hair and rub until it gets clean. And that's what's, what you need to do with the Bible is you read this, have the Holy Spirit speak it to you and into you, and then you apply. Jesus, one, I, I said, Lord, I want to see what you saw. And then Jesus said, if you want to see what I saw, you've got to do what I did. Because that is what, what it means to actually follow Jesus. If I follow a person, I don't sit and there they go. Follow me to Burger King. I'm following. Tomorrow morning you get me on this chair. Hungry. No, I followed Tian to Burger King last night. How? No, just looked at the GPS. I saw the Burger King there. And then, but I'm still hungry. You actually need to leave the position of your comfort and go. And then trust that the Holy Spirit will come and comfort you on your way. So that you can see what he saw. This is the reason most people never want to come to church. You know why? Hypocrites. They say one thing, they do another. They say they love Jesus, but they don't love Jesus. Sunday they love the Lord. Monday, F and Zef and Flip and Zip and Skopje Kat uit by die huis. Nee, hier is bezigheid wereld, broer. He's doing doing honors. Yeah, no. Jesus is in the business world, believe it or not. He wants to be in every area of your life. But but you can't come to a place where you go, oh yes, I'm following Jesus, but your life looks like you're following the devil. You know, in Titus 1 verse 16, the Bible says, Many claim that they know God, but their very lives deny him. So their mouths say, Yes, I love Jesus, but my life says I don't love Jesus. How will people know that you follow Jesus? Oh, if you tell it to them. Or if you make a Facebook post. Type Amen and God will bless you. Amen. Share this post on your page and God will give you a wife. Got to share this one. And then you think that's Christianity. And then Jesus became a genie in a bottle. I want to rub this. And then he comes out. I make my three wishes and he needs to go back in. Jesus isn't looking for people that know the scripture. He's looking for people that believe the scripture. So look at this. Matthew uh, chapter 8 verse 1. Um, I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible this morning. I'll probably jump around. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds crowds followed him. And a leper came up to him and bowed down before him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to... Let me just see. Yeah. If you're willing, you are able to make uh, me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Let's pause there. Jesus is willing. More than you think. Lord, are you willing to heal me? I am willing. All the time. We ask those questions, but why didn't God heal me? Alvain yesterday said it so beautifully. He said, it's always God's will to heal It's not always God's time to heal. And we saw it with Monday. No, that was the question. 13 years of depression, one touch, and everything changed. Literally, I renounced depression. Go, gone. And it's not everybody's story. 
But Jesus is willing. Always. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one about this, but go show yourself to the priest for inspection and uh, present the offering that Moses commanded us as a testimony um, to them of your healing. Jesus went into Capernaum. A centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Look at this. There's a boss running to Jesus for the healing of his servant. The servant didn't come. The boss came. Which means the boss knew something that the servant probably didn't. And most other people not. And I'll tell you now why. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion had faith that the word of the king would heal his servant. You know, in Proverbs 4 verse 20, the Bible says that the word of God heals body, spirit, and soul. I cannot tell you how many times I would feel something coming up in my body. And we put on uh, healing scriptures read by whoever in the house for hours. I'll just fall asleep with it. The Lord, your word heals. I'm going to listen through it the whole night. Let's, let it wash me. And I put my faith in the word. Not in the YouTube channel. Not in the dude that's reading it. I don't care who's reading it. As long as it's coming out of the Bible, I will be healed. Why? Because the Bible says that the word of God heals. Can you imagine that the, the word, something that's been spoken brings healing? But the question is, do you believe it? Otherwise, you'll quote all of the scriptures, not believe one of it, and nothing will happen in your life. Like, I believe the soap will clean me, but I'm still dirty. Why? Because I haven't applied it. There needs to be an application of what you actually read and believe. Also, for also I am a man subject to authority, verse 9, uh, of a higher rank, with soldiers subject to me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. Not Jerusalem, not Capernaum, in Israel. Jesus my friend Heinz is sick. Never found faith, faith like that. Not even in South Africa. Imagine. That's all he did. My friend's sick. I haven't found faith like this. Someone that will believe that if I speak, they'll be healed. Like Jesus actually wants us to come into that place where we believe him for the greater things. Not just for the headache and the paycheck and a new job. He actually wants us to come into a place where we believe Him for the greater things, even if it's small. You know, small things in your life is a great miracle in other people's lives. There's, you, can, you can have a small breakthrough and someone else is praying for that. I need that in my life. You know? So Jesus is saying, I haven't even found faith like this 
not even in all of Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles in the Amplified fills it in, will come from the east and the west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven because they accepted me as Savior. While the sons and heirs of the kingdom, which is supposed to be Israel, the descendants of Abraham, who will not recognize me as Messiah, will be thrown into outer darkness in that place which is farthest removed from the kingdom. They will be weeping in sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth in distress and anger. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you as you have believed. Dang, guys. We got to believe something. <laughs> like, we got to have faith. Jesus is saying, You know who's not going to enter the kingdom? Those who didn't believe. You know who's going to enter the kingdom? Those who believed. You look at a life of Smith Wigglesworth, who was a plumber, got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. He had one doctrine just believe. That was the same dude that would knock an old woman in her stomach and cancer will fall out of her mouth. He res- I think he resurrected his wife three times until she said, I need to leave now, Smith. <laughs> Dude, smack. There's a lady that comes to his house. She's deaf. Smith, pray for me. He walks around the table, slaps her on the ear. Bah! Off the chair. She gets up. Ears open. And they told him, Smith, you can't hit the people. And then he said, I'm not hitting the people. I'm hitting the devil inside of them. They're standing in the way. And there's, a, there's an account where, where they say, um, Smith, one night, he was sleeping and he could feel like the darkest of darkness entering his room. And he woke up. And then the devil was personally standing at his, at his feet. And they say, he looked at the devil and he said, oh, it's just the defeated one. And he slept, went on sleeping. Oh, it's just the defeated one. Now, you wake up. Nee, ek het aan die verkeerde kant van die bed opgestaan, bid vir my. Wat is die rechte kant? Word daar wakker morgen. We, we've come to a place where we make all of these small little doctrines without even knowing it, to justify how we live. And we don't have the word of God actually bringing us into the fullness of how we should live. So I, I, this morning, I really want to challenge you, just based on where we've come from, from Friday night up until now, with the School of Evangelism. Most of you weren't here, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you. Many people, many people, the Bible says, will be on a broad road, and only a few will find the small and narrow one. Only a few will enter the gate. That means that only a few people go to heaven. And if you're here this morning, and you say, I'm going to heaven, my first question usually is, based on what scripture? Vers hoeveel? Nee, nee man, ek gaan kerk toe. Ja. Weet jy hoeveel ouwens staan in a drive-thru by McDonald's? Nee, in beeld of a kost, hulle eet nooit. Jy kan kerk toe gaan soveel jy wil. Jy is nie gereed om met jy by die kerk is hier. Hier is ook jy kerk is jy school, so jy kan nie sê gaan kerk toe nie. Met die kerke mag nie eens lach in die kerkie. Nou is allemaal stil. Lach bykie. A.W. Tozer said, Christians don't tell lies. They just go to church and they sing them. Think about that one. Christians don't tell lies. They just go to church and sing them. 
They sing, oh, God is awesome, God he reigns. Not my life, Lord. If I go home, I lock the door, I watch pornography. God is awesome, God he reigns. Not my finances, Lord. I'll be in control of that one. Ek so my eer. Nee, okie my, jyre soort het my vrou uit, asjeblief. You know how many times I wanted to go into that room and go, Lord, fix my wife. <laughs> and then when I go in, before I say it, I know it's not fixing my wife, it's fix me. Yeah. She will be fixed then. Yeah. Fix me, Lord. Because if I love my, my wife well, she'll follow well. Amen. I had to come to that place. Because, you know, we're, we're so self-centered. We were born in sin. Self-centeredness is who we are. I made this statement this weekend, and I always make it. If we take a group photo and put it on the screen, you're going to look at you first. And the dude next to you will have one eye closed, and you will say, you, you look fine, bro. We don't need to take another one. Because that's the self-centeredness that we grew up in. It's always about me. What can I get out of this? No, we ask you to please sow into this vision. We want to buy a new building. What can I get out of this new building? Nothing. You're sowing into what God wants. Now, I want to, I want, let's go out and go eat. Uh, do you mind paying like a part of the bill? Yes, I'll bring the bill and we'll calculate. You know, we fight over, over bills when you're in ministry. People ask me that question. Why do you fight all the time? No, we want to be a blessing. The other night I said, we were eating, we we're having pizza. Carla, can Carla quickly, can you stand up and show the people? This is beautiful, Carla. Can we give her a clap quickly? <laughs> Carla is our sister. She comes from Uppington. She's now with Werner and them in Stellenbosch. But we, we had a going away for her pizza night. We had panorotti, so we had a lot of pizzas. And then at the end, we say, let's, let's just put in what we feel in our hearts. And I think the waiter got blessed with like 700 rand or 500 or 700 rand. Never happens. You go to that place next time, they fight on who's serving your table. So got blessed last time. <laughs> the pastors, literally, what, Nadia had a complaint once in a restaurant. She couldn't even get to the manager to tell her, listen, last night the meat was a little off. The manager came, thank you, thank you for telling me. I need you to pray for this person and this person and this person. Literally in the restaurant. But we, we got we to gotta be a Christians that's not saying, yes, we go to church, we sing the songs, we go home. Do we believe what we sing? If we sing Waymaker, do we believe that God is a Waymaker? Or are we going to say, Lord, make a way, and then we go make plans? And then we say, oh, nee, had jou gezonde verstand When God says, do not lean on your understanding. Put your trust in me. Nee, krap, daar is krafie dood, dis Bible literally says, do not lean on your own understanding, but put your trust in the Lord. You go to Jeremiah 17, I think it's verse, uh, verse 5. It says, if cursed is the man, 7. No, it's 5. 7 is the blessed one. Yes. Five. Yeah. 17 verse 5, it says, Cursed is a man who leans on the arm of the flesh or who trusts in flesh. Or vertrouw op die arm van die vlees. Vervloek is jy. But blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. So he's saying, hey, don't trust you. Trust me. 
Your heart is deceitful among all things. En ek volg dit my hart, hoe nie? Groot foukie. You know why? Because if you follow your heart, you'll follow feelings. And we don't live by feelings, we live by faith. The righteous don't live by what they see, they live by what they believe. You know? Voel die heren sê, jy is my vrou. Voel voorbij, tjom. So, I just want to tell you something. The, the, I love it when Heinz said, don't call me evangelism or evangelist. I really don't like when people give a title to something that's not a title but a function. The, the fivefold ministry is not about the titles. It's about the function. It's great to say, hey, pastor, or however you, or however you see the person. But I, I don't love or like it when people say evangelist. In some culture, you need to let them do it because it's culture. You know, in Uppington, I pray for someone, they get healed, and from there on, they'll either go pastor or vanji or prophet, and you just let them, you know, have their time to shine because they know nothing else. But in the function of the fivefold ministry, uh, fivefold ministry is in Ephesians 4, uh, where it says the fivefold ministry is gifts given to the church. So you have Heinz, who is a pastor. He's a gift to the church. You can but it's a gift given to the church to do one thing, primary function to the church is to equip you guys to do what he's doing. Not so that you can clap your hands and go home and say, we went to church. It is to equip you guys to actually be the church outside of the church. Your, my function is to stir you up, to evangelize, so that you can actually tell someone that Jesus loves them. If I go show of hands in this room, who encountered the Lord by someone telling them that Jesus loves them in a public place? Not in church, public place. Great. Three hands. So if there's only 100 people in the room, there's 3% that got encountered because someone stepped out and told them about Jesus. Tell me, who's hurt just in the last six months that God loves you? By someone that you don't know in a public place. They came up to you and told you that Jesus loves you. Statistics. There's no hands that went up now. One. Praise God for the person who came. Statistically. That's how you start with tongues. Come from, go to Uppington for a year. Speak Afrikaans. Come back. Try English. Statistics say that South Africa is 80% Christian. 80% Christians in this country. Not that chance. Yes, rach. Hulle lich. They say they're Christians. It's like people that has a lot of debt and they tell people they're rich. Hulle lich. There is no chance in the world that this place is 80% Christian. You know how I know it? Because then, if we were all Christians, then no people will be fighting about whose church is the best church. Number one. Number two is everybody would be evangelized. Then there would be no sick people in this country. And I, and I can say that boldly. You know why? Because when Moses led Israel out of Egypt, they had to eat the whole lamb before they left. How many wheelchairs left Egypt? 
There's no one sick. The Bible says no plague touched Israel. It wasn't the plague that touched them. Go read through the plagues. Yo. Thy padas. Mechis. So sant. The Bible says like, like the dust. was That was mechis. So sant. Oral. You come to Uppington. Yo, you see Trunyala, you saw Trunyala, where all Citrunyala, and I'm Machis is Neti Oral. And I'm Skirke, and I'm Machis in your kill, it's in your war, it's Oral. Imagine like dust, not even one Machi on Israel. It didn't touch them. Can you imagine? And you know, Scripture says when you take communion, you've got to examine yourself or examine your heart and not take it in an unworthily manner. And then it actually goes on to say, because most people take it in an unworthily manner, the church are sick and many die. They don't examine themselves going, am I really okay with the Lord? And now we've become Christians who is lukewarm, and we spoke about it this weekend. Uh, we, we, in Revelation, it speaks about the lukewarm, the hot and the cold. Jesus is totally fine with people that's hot and cold. The Bible says it. I wish that you were either hot or cold. And cold doesn't mean not knowing the Lord. Cold means refreshing to the body. Because he's speaking to the church of Laodicea, where there was an aqueduct five miles away from the town, and water would come from the aqueduct on the way to the town, and then Jesus was actually speaking. I don't know if you know this, but when God speaks to you, He'll usually... Take stuff that you already know and then use that to speak to your heart. So he used this to say, guys, like the aqueduct, there's hot water that is actually healing and brings healing and it's therapeutic to your body in that mineral place. But when it leaves that place, it comes to town and on the way it comes down to lukewarm. It's good for nothing. And then he says, I wish you were neither hot that's therapeutic or brings healing or that you were cold. That when you know that if you went to F45 training with Heinz and Aletta, you need cold water. Which brings refreshment to the body. But then Jesus goes on to say, listen, if you're not bringing refreshment to my body, or you're not bringing healing or anything that's therapeutic to my body, you know what I'll do with you? I'll vomit you out. What he's saying is I'll remove you from my body. Let that one sink in. Because spitting something out is saying, I don't want this in me. Which means that you're not effective for the kingdom. So we say we come to church, but we're not effective. We believe, we're believers, but we're not believers that believe the Bible. We just come and we say, yes, we did it. We made it. Some people will go, dang, we came in there at 10, 10 o'clock. It's almost 12 o'clock. He just started. Yeah. In Uppington, we tell them, you know where the door is? You're welcome. And we bless you on the way out. We're not angry when we do it. You're welcome to come back next weekend. But what we're going to do is we're going to encounter Jesus. We're going to preach the word. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to make sure that you're fired up when you leave. And you're so fine. People literally leave, go do their groceries and come back and we're still there. That's what's happening in Uppington. Because we come in 10 o'clock, we leave 3 o'clock. It's not going to happen today. I'm hungry. (laughs) 
But whatever happens, we go, Holy Spirit, we want to do what you want to do in this place. So if we need to skip a meal to encounter Jesus, we'll do that. But now, people will say, Picard, but you're the evangelist. That's why we need you in the church. No, everybody's an evangelist. There's not one person sitting here that's not an evangelist. You know how I know that? The Bible says that, um, to Paul says to Timothy, to do the work of an evangelist means Paul, Timothy wasn't an evangelist. But if Paul said to do the work of an evangelist, why? Because people need evangelizing. Scripture in Matthew 28 and in Mark chapter 16, just before Jesus left earth to go to heaven, he told his disciples to go out and preach the word. So tell me, are you a disciple of Jesus? Okay, near actually intercessor. Okay, intercessors. Jesus, imagine Jesus going on the mountain. Guys, guys, come. 120, you guys come, come, come. Intercessors. You sit here, what you do, pray. Don't do anything else. Pray. You guys are introverts, but you hear my voice. Yes, maybe you guys are prophets. You're going to say stuff nobody likes. Come, stand here. We'll use you to prophesy. Some people will just have their phone out on record all the time you're in the area. Maybe you'll say something. Yele daar. Wat so golf oefen. Typisch, pastoren, kom. Come stand in this corner. You're going to work one day on a Sunday, just one hour on a Sunday. That's what the people will think. They'll think you're working for one hour on a Sunday and then play golf on Wednesdays. You stand here, we'll use you later on. Jelle, hey, 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 kom. Kijk, die mensen praat die hele tijd. Evangelista, kom hier. Kom, stand daar. That wasn't Jesus. It wasn't Jesus. He said this, you guys go out. So to the intercessors, go pray and then go preach. Yes. To the prophets, go prophesy. Yes. To the evangelists, go tell the people, hey, if you're a pastor and play golf, somebody get, needs to get saved on that golf course. Because I started playing golf recently. actually like it. But I, I realized that this is a whole different group of people that's on that golf course that I'm usually around. Like this is these people. Yo, and they get angry when that baliki goes. But that's all I do the whole day. It's like, woo, die kan tu nog een, bring nog a baliki. Sat weer try, woo, hierdie kan. And then other pastors go with me, and then I always compliment them. Thank you for having patience with me. No, you're learning, bro. But we, we all we do is we're looking for my balls. They go all over the place. So Jesus didn't say, let's group these people and then send them out. He said, listen. You guys who call yourself disciples, you guys who follow me, here is the great commission. Go out, go preach the gospel to every creature. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Then teach them all the things that I've taught you. Make disciples. I, before we did the School of the Prophetic last weekend in Uppington, I had emails of dudes telling me, I'm robbing people of their money. Um, we can't teach people anything. So I asked him, are you discipling anyone? He said, yes. I asked him, why? You just told me the Holy Spirit is the best teacher. Stop discipling people. You're wasting their time. And he couldn't say a thing. Just trying to get a splinter key at my oog uit. Maar die hele lamber sit, die sit op sy rug. Jesus called us to go out and preach. If you need to baptize your cat this afternoon, do it. Like, go for the angry ones first. But you got to preach the gospel to something. Tell the cat, 
Nadia literally goes to our French bulldog and she goes, Lily, God is so lief you. And the dog looks at her like, Jesus loves you so much. And the dog says, she says, honey, look at this. And Lily goes, and then I look at the dog and she looks at me. And then Nadia says, oh, yeah, your park is here for you. But, but preach to something. If the trees go like this in winter time, go with it. Yes, we praise the Lord. Everything that has breath, we praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do something. Preach the gospel to someone or something. Something. You know, people say, I am too shy to preach the gospel. Let's show of hands. Who is too shy to tell someone that Jesus loves them? Nobody. So I assume next weekend, building's too small. Because Heinz, are you going to do throw the mic next weekend? Yeah. Come, let's be real. Who, who will be able, who's, who's in this room that, that can honestly say, I think I'm too shy to, to go share to a random person? Yeah, raise of hands. Because if you don't, you're a liar in church. But many people use I am too shy as a cover-up for self-centeredness. I know. You're going to grow in this. But people use I'm too shy for self-centeredness. Because it's not I'm too shy. That's just a cover-up. It's I don't love the person in front of me. I love me more and my time more. And what people think of me more than what this person in front of me is going through. So we were not called to shy. We were called to shine. As the Bible says that we are a light, a city on a hill. We cannot be hidden. Amen. Now people say, and I'm going to go through a lack of teaching this morning. People say, how many people will say, well, oh, this is maybe something that you, that you think about. You say, I don't even know what to talk about. You'll say, that's, that's your line. Like, I don't even know where to start. Yes. Acts chapter 40, 4 verse 13. Now when the men um, of the Sanhedrin... The Jewish high court saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Let me tell you something. If you don't know what to say, spend time with Jesus. You don't need to be educated or trained. If you spend time with Jesus, people will look at your life and go, these people didn't go to varsity. They didn't go to Bible school. They don't know nothing. But what we do know is they spend time with Jesus. We can see this. I had an old lady run up to me in the shopping center one time. And she grabbed me. She said, hi, hi. I said, Tani, how are you? And she said, no, no, no. But, but I saw you walk in. And I ran up because I told my friend, there's something different about that boy. And I said, I know what it is. Jesus lives in me. She said, I knew it. She saw something different. And it's not because I'm... Because, guys, if... if yo, I make mistakes. Yo, shoo. Inna, shoo, shoo. Acts chapter 4, verse 20. They only... This is Acts chapter 4, where they were in high court. Peter and John said, we only speak of the things that we've seen and what we've heard. They only proclaim what they saw and what they heard. So what have you seen? What have you heard? Can you share that? 
literally, if you got touched by the Holy Spirit this weekend, and you go to a shopping center, you can go, hey, you won't believe what the heck happened with me this weekend. What? Because people are curious. So I went to this place. It's a kind of a dodgy place, just around the school. <laughs> and you, you draw them into that storyline, you know? They go, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, we go behind, and it's raining. It's raining. There's mud all over the place. We went into this room. There's a bunch of weird people there, but I decided to stay anyway. So then this dude from Uppington grabs a microphone and the, I felt some tingly things going. It was so weird. What? Yes. And you know, and then I got filled with it and peace flooded my heart and joy. And I was laughing. And this is wild. I, was, I became one of the weird people in the room. And, and I just want to tell you that, you know what it was all the time? No, what? It was Jesus. Jesus made me weird. <laughs> And then it becomes weird at that place. And you say, no, now it's weird anyway, but I just want to tell you Jesus loves you so much, honey. Things about you all the time. I go to, to a shopping center and I get to the, the pay point and then I go, hey, um, I just want to ask you, like, think quickly think of the person that you love the most. Do you have that person in mind? Yes. Great. If I grab uh, uh, my hand and put it in the sand in Uppington, in the desert, and I say, can you count all of the, um, what is corals and ingles? Grains. grains, yeah. Can you, can you count all of the grains of sand in my hand? Count them. No. Okay, great. Do you think that you have more thoughts of the person that you love the most than the grains of sand in your hand? And most of them say, of course. How many people would say, I have millions of thoughts of the person I love the most? Trust me, I do it all the time. I go, okay, great. Let's go with the girls first. And girls usually go about here by 10 to 15 thoughts that they have. And the thoughts shouldn't be able to go, don't say he's kind. And then say he loves. Because love and kind, they just go hand to hand. Got to have different thoughts and good thoughts only. And then the girls go here by 10, 15, and they stop. And you go to the guy and they stop by five or six. And the girlfriend looks at him. Say no kids. But the Bible says in Psalm 139 verse 17 that God has more thoughts of you than there's grains of sand in the whole world. And all good thoughts. I've flown over Namibia. I've seen that sand. And I go... How do you even, how do this even, like how, what are you thinking, Lord? <laughs> and you know, people want to know that God thinks about them. I'm going to share a really vulnerable moment that happened to me way in the beginning of ministry. I went, I traveled, and I came to a place where I was super alone, never had someone with me. Never had accountability with me. You know, accountability is so important in your life because you mess up. And if you don't tell someone about it, you'll never grow out of the place of the mess. But I remember this one night, literally a night before I got on stage to preach the gospel, I fell into pornography after being completely free for a while. Fell back into pornography. I wept through the whole night. Next morning, well, the next morning I woke up, I felt so ashamed and so condemned and how can I even get on stage today and preach the gospel? But the only thing that got me on stage is that God's truth 
Never change just because I messed up. So I got on stage anyway, I took the mic and I preached the gospel. People got saved, set free, healed, all that stuff. And I pray for people and they get free. And I go home and I go, Lord, but I'm praying for me and nothing's happening. Later on that afternoon, a dude calls me from Orlando, Florida. He calls me, he's crying. He says, yo, Picker, Picker, this morning I woke up. Every morning I wake up four o'clock in the morning and I go sit on my porch with my with my feet in the swimming pool and I asked the Lord, Lord, what are you thinking about? And then I pray into that. This morning I looked up to the stars and I said, God, what are you thinking about? And then the Lord said, I'm thinking about Picard. And I wept. Because I knew. He didn't know, but I knew what, I just, what had happened the night before. And I wept, and he's crying. He's like, bro, I said, God, I only know one Picard, and he's in South Africa. And the Lord said, I'm thinking about him. And I said, God, you have all of the things to think about. And he said, I'm thinking about Picard. And I wept. That thing wrecked me for the whole day. I couldn't even believe that in my mess that God would even think of me. I felt so ashamed and dirty and not worthy to even get a microphone. And I still do feel sometimes, I don't feel like, I'm, I don't even know why people invite me. But God thought of me. And that same God that told him God's thinking about Picard is going, I'm thinking about Heinz. I'm thinking about Nadia. I'm thinking about Chantel and Tian and Carla. I'm thinking about you personally. I know people want to know what God thinks of them. So when you go out, you can go, Lord, I want to know what you're thinking about the person in front of me. Because the Bible says you're thinking about them. More than there's grains of sand in the world. So you can't even miss a thought. Imagine God piling up the whole Namibia on you in the shopping center. Here's a bunch of thoughts. Choose one. God's thinking about people. I've got to wrap this up. In Mark chapter 5 from verse 19, there's a dude that's caught up, filled, and demonized by 6,000 plus devils. Jesus comes to this place, the dude runs out of the tombs and the stones, and he falls in front of Jesus, and he goes, Lord, the devils cry out, Jesus, Son of God, what have we to do with you? And Jesus tells the devils to go out into the pigs, 2,000 pigs, and then he chases the pigs into the water. Do you remember that story? Think it makes sense? Right, this is church. Can you imagine... When, the, when Jesus asked this guy or this devil, who are you? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion means 6,000 plus in one person. And then Jesus casted out 6,000 plus devils into 2,000 pigs. And then he sent the pigs into the water and drowned the whole farm. Can you imagine you have 2,000 pigs today? It's about 3.5 million rand worth of pigs. I, I tried to cast out a devil in Belleville once in Spar. The lady was working behind the till, couldn't say Jesus Christ is Lord. So I, Scott was with me, so I, I ran out. My friend from Zion, Illinois, I ran back to the bucket. I said, Scott, Scott, there's a devil inside. Come, we've got to chase this thing out. And he's like, and he's jet lagged. He said, oh my. And he got out of the, out of the, out of the bucket. And we, and we went into the, into the Spar, and now she's gone. I said, where's the lady that was just here? And she said, no, he's in the office. And Scott knocks on the door. He says, he says hey, ma'am, I came all the way from Chicago to see you. She comes out. She's shaking. And we say, come, come, come outside. And now we say, devil, leave this woman. And she's like going. Then the owner of the spa came out. He told us to leave. 
this property and the people. And I said, listen, she has a devil and this thing needs to come out. He says, I am a Christian. I go to church. I said, you're lying. She has a devil and this thing needs to leave. And he literally told us to leave the property. And I told him, then take your devil and let them work for you. But Jesus didn't mind the business. He drowned their business so that one person can get set free from 6,000 devils. And it's not that Jesus doesn't care about the business, but he cares about the person more. There's, there's a place where God actually wants to use you in business and in, this, in, the, in the sphere of businesses. But he cares about the people in the business. So this dude comes to Jesus after being uh, um, delivered. He comes to Jesus. He says, uh, he comes to Jesus. He wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, um, go home to your family and tell them all the great things that the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus didn't permit the man to get in the boat with him immediately. He told him to go home and go tell the people what I have done for you. And then the Bible says the man went to Decapolis and shared that gospel with him. Decapolis means 10 cities. Guy gets touched by the Lord, runs to 10 different cities, immediately becomes an evangelist. And what did he preach? Because there was no death and there was no resurrection. You know what he preached? Look at what the Lord has done what the Lord has done. Yeah, you know that song? Yes. You need to get Werner. He's kicking that kick drum when he plays that thing all the time. We love it. But he literally went to 10 different cities. He became an evangelist immediately when Jesus touched him. He went to 10 different cities, told 10 cities what the Lord has done. Look, the Lord had mercy on me. And what he was saying also is the Lord will have mercy on you. Do you believe this gospel? Because if you do something, great will happen. Many people say, well, the Bible says that I need to be led by the Spirit because those are the sons of God. That is so true. But then they use that as an excuse not to pray for people because I didn't feel led. Oh, I, 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 I don't feel led to pray for this person right now. Here's a question. If you can honestly walk past someone that's in a wheelchair and then say Jesus didn't die for the healing, then you can walk past them. If you can't say that, pray. Worst thing that can happen is nothing. If you can honestly look at someone that is depressed and go Jesus didn't die for their, for their salvation and set them free from this, then you can say, I don't need to pray for this person. Reinhard Bonnke said this, to wait on God is an Old Testament concept. The last ones that waited were the 120 in the upper room. Now, God waits on us. Green means go. When the light turns green, you don't need a permit from the Secretary of Transportation. You just go. So when the upper room moment happened, I can feel the Holy Spirit all over my body right now. When the upper, the upper room moment happened, Everybody received a flame of, as of fire and tongues. And what happened then is when they came out, 3,000 people got saved when Peter opened his mouth. Without a microphone. 3,000 people. But they waited. And then God came. The Lord came. And then the last commandment that he gave before he left was Go. In fact, in Matthew, I think it's chapter 7, it says, As you go, preach the kingdom of heaven 
has come near. And then he says, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's the gospel. You've got to meet people today. You're going to stand in front of someone this week that hasn't heard the gospel. And you are the connection between heaven and earth for that person. Because God, God can meet them in a dream and a vision. He does all the time. But God actually wants to use the body of Christ to come be a blessing to the world that does not know Him. That's why He sent people out. Because if Jesus was here, how long do you think that line would have been? For the people that just want the blessing from Him, but they don't want Him. Daniel Kalinda said, those who eternally seek the will of God are overrun by those who actually do the will of God. And God said, this is my will. 1 Timothy 2, uh, 3 to 4, it says, it is the will of God that no one perishes, but everyone has eternal life. You want to know, what, Lord, what is the will for my life? Preach the gospel. No, Lord, but there must be something else. Preach the gospel and I'll give you everything else you need to do it. No, God, but I think I need to sing. Sing the gospel. Lord, I think I need to be a businessman. Fund the gospel. Whatever you do, do it for the gospel. Because we are not here for us. Listen, if there's a double-story house that's on fire on the second floor, or no, the fire is on the first floor, and you see kids playing on the second floor, will you literally go look at the house and drive by? Or will you actually get out? Get in the house and try and get the people out because, guys, there's a fire. Yeah. Ronald Bonke said if he could build his house one meter away from the gates of hell, he'll do it just to pluck people out of the fire. Yeah. In Jude, it says that we need to do everything in our power to get them out of the flames. Yeah. People are going, they were born in sin going to hell. We need to get them off. Miracle <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all things will be added to your life. It's going, Lord, I'm seeking you. What is your will for the kingdom? Oh, I don't want anyone to perish. I want them to be saved. Great, I'm going to get people saved. And what's the righteousness? I need to be right with God. Lord, I repent of all of the stuff that I, I forgot. I just give my life to you completely. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go out and go preach the gospel. Oh, and then what the Lord will do then is He'll add to your life. Because you actually go after souls. Now the question I just want to run through this quickly. I want, to, I want to teach you something. If you don't know how to start a conversation, just start it. Many people don't know how to start the conversation. But great conversation starters for me is just to see how can I relate with a person in the moment. Oh, I like your shoes. Thank you very much. Where did you buy them? No, this and that. And I'm actually not, I'm from here. I'm from Uppington in the Northern Cape. Where is that? Now, when I tell people from Joburg, I'm from up in the Northern Cape, they say, when I come to Cape Town, we need to go for coffee. <laughs> not in Cape Town. But you've got to relate, relate with people in the moment. The best, well, I, I, wrote, I wrote some down, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to choose only one. The best way for me to relate with people in the last two years with COVID, it was just that I had a great time in shopping centers in COVID. Because I would literally go in, deliberately not let them have hand spray or sanitizers on my hand. Because then, it, then I can go into the argument of why I should have it on. So I would literally go, 
I'm not taking that. You need it. No, I'm not taking it. No, you got to put it on. Okay, why? Because otherwise you can't come in. Is this the rule of the shop? Yes. I'm just doing my job. Great. So you're saying if I don't have hand sanitizers on my hand, I won't be able to come into the shop. Yes. So... So I'm saying, if you don't have the blood of Jesus on your life, you won't be able to go into heaven. And they will look at me. I said, have you given your life to Jesus? Because one dude said, no. I said, where are you going to go when you die? To Limpopo. <laughs> I said, you're not going to go back to Limpopo. I promise you. And then I shared the gospel from that point going, hey, this is the gospel. The same way you block me out to come in because I don't have hand sanitizer, this is the gospel that Jesus says that only those who believe in him, they will have eternal life. They will inherit the kingdom of God. But they need the blood of Jesus on their life to inherit that place. Because only the blood of Jesus has the power to save you, cleanse you, set you free, and fill you with the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 verse 9, it says, those who do not have the Spirit of God is nothing of him. So you can be a cultural Christian and go to church. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you are nothing of Him. How do you know you have the Spirit of God? Well, there's no desire to sin, first of all. There's no desire to even look at the things you're supposed not to look at. In fact, the Bible says these things shouldn't even be mentioned among you in Ephesians, among the saints. And then some of the other uh, signs are speaking in tongues. I was on a plane once. A guy said, Yo, I went to this church. Flew from Uppington to Joburg. I went to this church. They put the people in the water. The people come out. They speak in other tongues. So I left it. That's not for me. I said, Really? But you believe the gospel? Yes. Okay, great. And I always wait until the plane is in the air. Because then nobody can move you. Or throw you out. Especially not on an Uppington plane. So I sat there. And I started sharing the gospel with him and scriptures on speaking in tongues, casting out devils. And when the lady came with the trolley to give us something to drink, he said, two glasses of wine. Because this, Iraq no varam. And he literally downed the one glass and enjoyed the other one. And he was so drunk when we got off, got off stage, or got off the plane. He says, where, where are you staying this weekend? It's in Pretoria. And I said, what car do you have? And he, he told me the sports car that he had. I said, I love that car, but I'll only to get in a car with you if I can drive. He says, yeah, yeah, you can We made friends. We're still friends today. With that, we made friends that day. But I could share the gospel because people, they only want some of this stuff. Scripture says in, in Mark chapter 16, these signs follow those who believe. And the first sign is they will cast out a devil. Imagine this morning. Who's believers? All their hands go up. Great. Bring out the devil. Uh, uh, People, yeah, come. And then five people stand here, <laughs> shaking. And we say, believers, come lay hands. Young, is here on a kerky, on a cup. Let's give this. Because that's how the church thinks. Yeah, right, devils, not for us. I've casted out, I literally have casted out devils in shopping centers. And I can't wait to get to church on Sunday and tell people about it. And they look at me like I'm the weird one. <laughs> this is called for the one who said, I'm following Jesus. This is, and co-mission, co means working with. God wants to work with you 
in getting the world saved. It's not going, yes, uh, this is a great story. Praise God for the disciples. Woo, yes, tongues of fire. Woo. No, 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 no. God actually wants to work with you. And if you can relate with people in the moment, it will be easy to share the love of God with him. Because then you relate in the moment. I love doing that. People ask me, what do you do? And they're businessmen. You know, what do you do? I'm a businessman. You know, what business do you have? Wow, that's great. What do you do? I can talk about What? Say, yeah. Romanian 6. Our straat is Romanian 6. It says, when you baptize people, <laughs> you bury them. <laughs> but then our, our um, funeral service is much better than the other people. We resurrect them again when we, <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we bring them up. And then you can relate with someone. When you ask a boer, ons boer ek boer ook. What are you farming with? People. It's, yeah, and it's not trafficking. It's not human trafficking. We just farm with people. People. Yes. So what we do is we go out and we see people just walking around and they feel like lost. So we say, hey, we have a little crawl there for you. You can come in. And we, we call them to this place. And then what we do is we share Jesus with them. And then all of a sudden, these people turn into sheep. And then the shepherd comes and he feeds them. And you share that with a businessman on a plane. He doesn't know what to do with it. I literally had someone reading the, the newspaper upside down. And, and he's going, yes, yes, that's great, yes. And I'm sharing the gospel. And sometimes you've got to get into that situations where you get uncomfortable because you need to learn how to get out of that place. And it's lacquer. You know, I've had stare-offs with people. I had stare-offs with a, uh, a dominie in our, our town. He literally confronted me. These signs, wonders, and miracles things. No, it's not God. I said, really? Yeah, it's not Jesus. I said, but Jesus' ministry was signs, wonders, and miracles. That's all he did. So he had this long conversation with me. And the second time we bumped into each other, he literally goes like this. And he looks at me. And I look at him. And I smile. And I said, Ugan it. This is not good. And I thought, this is weird. I said, and I walked on. But sometimes when people get uncomfortable, I stare at them and then share the gospel anyway. And if you really need to share the gospel with someone, because you know that women that look like they that that's the wife's seal and seiger van die dorp. For the men, if you see a woman like that and you know that he's not going to listen to you, send your wife. Because he's going to listen to your wife. And if you're alone, the best thing that you can do is pay their bills. I pay their bills all the time because then they feel they have to listen to me. And then I can continue sharing the gospel with them. This is good. Is it all right? The Lord once spoke to me and said, You can't expect the blessings of the kingdom, but not expect the rule of the king in your life. So many people want the blessings, but they don't want the king. So in order for us to actually share the gospel effectively, we've got to tell people that they're in danger of sin. Because sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Sin has built a wall of separation between you and God, and therefore he cannot hear you. But in Psalms 103 verse 3, then oh, verse 12, the Bible says that Jesus separates us from sin. 
as far as the east is from the west. So there was, there is danger of sin outside of Jesus. Outside of Jesus, you have sin in your life. There's a separation between you and God. Do not tell me we're human, we're sinners. That's a lie. Jesus didn't die so that you can go on with sin. Jesus died so that you can be set free from it. It's not a license to, it's a license to be free from. And I'll give you a scripture for that. In Romans 6 verse 14, New Testament, it says that the power of sin has been broken off you and that it no longer has dominion over you. The reason that you're still struggling with it or continue to live in it is because you don't want to leave it. Because God has given you the power to leave. The Holy Spirit enables us to leave. The grace of God is not so that I can go on. The grace of God is to empower me so that I can leave. That is what grace is for. So don't tell me we're sinners. Just saved by grace. Tell me, how will sinners get into heaven? Because people say, I'm just a sinner, just like you. No, I'm not a sinner. Oh, you say you don't have sin? Yes. Does it mean that I do not sin? No. It means that I do sin and I slip up sometimes. But it also means that I don't have sin because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and all unrighteousness. So unless the blood of Jesus is not enough to take away all of my sins... Or is this good enough to take some of it? Psalm 103 verse 3, it says, He removes all sin and heals all diseases. Why do some people, they not get healed? I don't know. But what I do know is all of my sin has been removed. And I actually believe that gospel. Jesus didn't pay up half price. It wasn't a special on that Friday. It was full price. But they ons vat ons hulle vrouwens net spur to maanda. For die special burger. Anna ons vat hulle dinsdaal, dat hulle geliefd voel, as hulle hulle burger betaal. The gift of God, Romans 11.29, comes without repentance, meaning that you can live in the most sinful life and still walk, walk in the power of God and gifts. See people get saved, heal, devils flee, all of that stuff. That is not the validation of God on your life. If you say, yes, I prayed for sick people and that God loves me and I'm still in sin, that's a lie. People can, I have had Muslims pray for Muslims while I'm standing there and the Muslims get healed. And they just told me they don't believe in Jesus. And I'm not saying healed of a headache. I'm saying, listen, I've, I've had, at, we, me and Nadia, we had a moment with Muslims one early morning, like four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning with Muslims. And the Lord spoke to me to the one that was standing next to me. His one leg was shorter than the other one. I said, hey, the Lord just spoke to me. Your one leg is shorter than the other one. And he said, yes, because I don't have arches in my, or, or an arch in my foot. I said, cool, come sit down. He sat down. One leg's a little bit shorter than the other one. I had his Muslim buddy hold on to his legs and pray after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, leg grow. And the leg grew out. They didn't accept Jesus. Even after that, they said, they're fine. They're going to follow Allah. But I had unbelievers pray for healing and it happened. So the miracle is not validating. Although scripture says in Hebrews 2.4, it says that God will validate your ministry through signs, wonders, and miracles. He's validating the ministry, but he's not validating you. It's only the ministry. It's not you. Your life is validated by him because of the blood of Jesus. And then through faith, you come in boldly. He forgives you of sin, but now you don't live a life of sin anymore. You live a life of righteousness and holiness and purity, following after the Lamb who was slain to set us free. It wasn't anything else. It was that. So the gift come without repentance. In Luke 10, 
Jesus sends out 70 people to go preach the gospel. With power demonstration, devils flee, people get healed, they come back, they're so happy. Hey, can't believe this. You know, Jesus, you can't believe this. We spoke to the devils. They were even submitted to us. You know what Jesus said? Don't rejoice because the devil fled. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. But what Jesus also was saying is, hey, I haven't died and I haven't resurrected. So what you have now, your orphans running around with power. Until you get born again, God makes you a son or a daughter. Then you have the spirit of God, the power of God, and a sound mind. Because orphans will go around laying hands on sick people, blow up stuff. Everybody's getting healed. You have no character. You don't have the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit can be on you, but it won't be in you. Because God loves people. That's why He will heal someone through you. Because He loves the person in front of you. It's not because you're special. Although you are very special. And then I'm going to end with this. Outreach shouldn't be on a Saturday. Or on outreach teams. Or when whoever goes to a different country. It should be your life. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Be an imitator of God as dear children. Afrikaans, Wees a navvolger van God soos geliefde kind. The Afrikaans people will always tell you, Moe nie doen wat ek doen nie. Doen wat ek vir jou sê. You know why? Because kids do what they see. They're imitators of their parents. Your kids, most of the times, just a reflection of who you are. They're imitators of their parents. So if we have a father in heaven, we sent his son to demonstrate what we can do on earth and how we should live on earth. And that son, in fact, in 1 John 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 6, it says, if anyone be in Christ, he ought to walk just like Jesus walked. That's a scripture. It says, if you say that you're a Christian, you've got to do what Jesus did. You're right. But Jesus is in you and he's with you. And he wants to flow through you. The whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. You can see that in Romans 8, 19. Everything wants to see God manifested. And they will hate it. In the same time they want to see it. I had an angry woman once hate me because of this. And I literally couldn't debate anymore. So I just said, um, And I gave him a hug. And then... <laughs> And then he's, he had um, earpieces in because he was a little deaf. So I gave him a hug and I held on to him. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this ears to pop open in the name of Jesus. Just prayed into that situation. And when it was done, there was tears that filled his eyes. Didn't accept Jesus. We didn't even see a deaf ear pop open. But someone loved him. The creation is groaning for the manifestation of God. And God is love. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So if he is love, then we need to become love. Galatians 5 verse 6 says, faith works through love. If we love well, then faith will move well, and that will please God. Think about it. And some of you guys go, dang, I'm so challenged by this. I'm challenged. God wants to heal people. So don't walk away. Reinhard Bonke said, if you pray for 99 people, nobody gets healed. Pray for number 100 as if everybody got healed. Don't walk past someone. Sometimes it's difficult. Really, sometimes you really got to discern the, the moment. I don't want to take away that there needs to be discernment. But really discern. Don't just say, oh, this is difficult. I need to leave. Really discern. Because sometimes God wants to use you to be a peace diffuser in the midst of chaos. 
Like sometimes you've got to go, this is really the, because if I don't go in now, then who's going to go? You've got to get into that place. The church that is not saving the lost is lost itself. That's also a famous quote of Reinhard Bonnke. I love you. I have a question for you guys. I'm going to leave you with this. If everybody in the world who say that they're a Christian become exactly what you are, would it make a difference? Write it down. If everybody in the world who say that they're a Christian become exactly what you are, would that make a difference? And then you can go on, how would it make a difference? Why would it make a difference? So here's a question. If you want to make a public declaration today to say, I'm putting off my shy and I'm putting on my shine. And I'm saying, I want to live this Christian life, a full-on Christian life, not a mediocre, not a hypocritical Christian life. I'm saying, listen, I'm going after this. Jesus didn't die for me so that I can be uh, quiet and in the back uh, stage and just an intercessor or just a worshiper or just anything. You're saying, listen, there must be something more for me. This is you. I want to I wanna first address that group. If you say, listen, I've been a Christian all my life, but I haven't been walking out this Christianity in terms of evangelism because that's the great commission. It's not the great command. The great command is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. And the second one is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. But to love my neighbor is to go, I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to meet the Jesus that I know. I want you to have a full life. I actually want you to live in fullness. This is the second commandment, to love people. And to love people is going, hey, I want to pray for you what I don't want in my life. So if I see you in a wheelchair, I don't want you to be in a wheelchair. I love you. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. Can I pray for you? What if something happens? Because people say, what if nothing happens? What if it happens? I've had two people come out of wheelchairs in my short time in ministry. It was completely paralyzed. I'm praying for Alvin all the time when, he, when he's with me. I want to see him walk. I want to see people see. I want them to hear. You know, there's a 12-year-old gold one standing in front of me in, in, in Pretoria. She's 12 years old, deaf. They asked me to pray for her. And the only thing that I could come up with is, Lord, the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How will she believe if she can't hear? The power of God came over and both of her ears popped open. Because the Word of God brings healing. And then Scripture goes on to say, but how will they hear if nobody preaches it to them? No, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Fair who feel. That's not in your Bible. Jesus didn't say go be a good person and then hopefully someone will know me. There's a lot of good people in the world. There's not a lot of God people in the world. We need to become God people that actually go out to preach the gospel. Tell someone that Jesus loves them. If you don't know what to prophesy, hey, Jesus loves you so much. Most accurate prophetic word that you can ever give anyone. 
God loves you. Can't go wrong with it. Reality is God loves you. God loves you in the room right now. God loves you in your chair. God sees your situation. But what is wrong in your life right now doesn't change what He has made right on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid a price. Such a high price. We, we met someone in Burger King last night and we told them they went to go rugby and then they went to go watch a comedy show. And I literally looked at the lady and said, you know, when you come out where we just came from, rugby and comedy shows, sounds stupid. Like if you see what we saw on a daily basis, alcoholism, stupid. Unforgiveness, stupid. Pornography, stupid. All of that stuff, stupid. When you spend time with Jesus, all of that stuff, stupid. When you see one person so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit in a spar, all of a sudden, your schedule, stupid. It's stupid. Because there's eternity, there's eternity that waits for all men. Everybody will stand. All of us, we will stand in front of God and give an account for our lives. There's eternity waiting. And you might sit here and you go, I don't even know if I'm born again. I don't even know if I have the Spirit of God. Trust me, today is a good day for you to be in this building. So here's my question. If you're saying, let's go with this. If you say today that you don't know if you're born again, which means you haven't given your life to Jesus fully and have the Holy Spirit come in you and live inside of you and cleanse you and make all things new. If this is you, you're not born again, you're not sure if you're right with God. I want you to just stand up out of your seat, just where you are. Don't come to the front, don't raise your hand, just stand up. And if this is you and you feel that thing, oh my gosh, I'm going to be the only one, be the first one. You know, because the world's looking for leaders. They see one and then like sheep, the Bible literally describes us as sheep. One goes through the gate and all of a sudden, whoop, there's one going through and then everyone else. You met the baanbreker wees. So kom ek doen wat ek doen. Ek wil alle goed breek, laat die ander ons achter my kan sien is moendlik. I love it to post a picture on Facebook where I pray for someone they get healed. People say, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. When was the last time you prayed for someone? Oh, you know how many, there was a, a girl last weekend that came to me. She said she followed me on Instagram and then unfollowed me because my life was so convicting to her that she's not praying for people. And then she came to say, thank you for posting pictures, for praying for people because now she's running around praying for everybody. Your life needs to be a display of what other people can walk in. So here's the question. If you haven't given your life to Jesus before, I want you to get up out of your seat. There's people that's going to love on you in this moment, I promise. And you're not going to be alone. You're going to get up and someone else will join you. Be a pioneer. If this is you, quickly get up. We're waiting for you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Can we give them a clap? Yes. This is the best moment of your life. Go love on that girl. Yes, love on that girl. Come on. Send me your Easter. If you have given your life to Jesus before, but you've messed up, and you don't know if, if this is real, 
And if you even want to come back, but you feel like there's a tugging on your heart and you want to give your life to Jesus, just recommit your life to Him today. I want you to quickly get up out of your chair. I know there's people that say, man, I've messed up. I really need to get right with God tonight. Yes, thank you. Yes, I see you. Yes, I see you. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. Can we get people around these girls? There's a girl behind there. Get, get someone around them. Just love on them. This is such a good day. Last question. If you're saying, I'm putting off my shy and I'm putting on my shine, baby, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to be a firehouse for Jesus. I'm going to be like people around me will be like they're drinking out of a fire hose when I'm around them. I'm going to be that for Jesus. If this is you, I want you to stand up. Get out of your chair. Yes. Yes. This is how we save a city. One person at a time. This is how we say, Jesus, send me. Use me. Send me, Lord. Now I want you to put your hand on your heart. Put your hands on the ground. Father, I thank you. And in your Heilige Geest vier. Holy Spirit fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost. All over this room. Touch the heart of all of these people, Lord. Fill them. Set them on fire. Set them ablaze. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you. Thank you. You fill me, Lord, with the holy fear of the Lord. I thank you, Lord. You fill him with fire, holy fire, Lord. A desire to preach the gospel and lead many to Jesus. God, I thank you that he will fear you more than anything else. More than men. What can man do to us? If God is for us, who can be against us? God, I thank you for this boy. Lord, I thank you today. You anoint him, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that if you graced him with a deep love for people, Lord. And I thank you, God, that this love would be an overflow of who you are, Lord, to people around them. Big and small, young and old, God. I thank you, you anoint him, Lord. His hands will heal, his lips will prophesy. Fire. So much more fire, Lord. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for every person in their seats right now. I pray if there's anyone that's sick and they needs healing in their body, in the name of Jesus, be healed in Jesus' name. We command all sickness to go in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you all pain. If you have pain in your body right now, I want you to put your hand on it quickly. Actually, I want you to raise your hand. If you have pain in your body right now and need healing, raise your hand. If you see someone with hands raised, quickly go to them and ask them what's wrong and we'll pray and you're going to pray for them, okay? Go to the person that, need, that needs healing in their body. Yes. Ask them what's wrong with you. If it's pain in the back or neck or shoulder or whatever that is, we're going to pray for that right now. Woo! Hey, buddy! Hey, <laughs> buddy! 
Thank you, Jesus. Now, this is how you pray. You say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command the sickness to leave. In the name of Jesus, I command pain to leave. In the name of Jesus, we command the back to be realigned with the Word of God. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Every shoulder come in line with the Word of God. In Jesus' name. Ankles be healed. God, I thank you. You overwhelm these people with grace and love and mercy. I thank you. The Lord is touching people right now. I need you to open up your heart and just receive what God has for you. Father, I thank you for more. I thank you for more. I love this because for years it's been a one-man show. One-man ministry. That's not God and that's not His heart. His heart is family, communion, community. I love this. Activating the people to pray. Jesus, heal your people. Use your people to heal people. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you just received healing, test your body quickly. If you received healing, wave both of your hands in the air. Thank you. Yes. If you're watching online, you can literally, if, 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 are we still online? If we're online and you need healing in your body right now, I want you to quickly put your hand on that place. We have a whole church that's going to pray for you and with you. If you're online watching right now, just put your hand on your body, wherever you're watching from. Um, you can even in the comment section, just say what's wrong. If you, it's your shoulder or whatever healing you need, just in the comment section, just tell us what's wrong, wherever you're watching from. We're going to pray for you right now. We trust that the Lord will heal you, okay? So in the name of Jesus, church, you've got to pray with. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that everybody that's watching online would be completely healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that the ankles would be healed in the name of Jesus. Backs would realign in the name of Jesus. Shoulders come in line with the Word of God in Jesus' name. Someone is watching with a knee problem. I thank you, God. Knees be completely healed in Jesus' mighty name. God, I thank you for migraines to go in Jesus' name. I thank you for all sickness and disease to leave in the name of Jesus. We cancel every assignment that the enemy has against you, every negative report that a doctor has ever spoken over you. We love doctors, but sickness is not from God. I thank you for complete wholeness and healing in Jesus' name. I want you to test it. If you're watching online, test it quickly. And if you just received healing, I want you to comment in the comment section, I received my healing and tell us what, what happened. We really want to know. And we have, uh, we have people watching. Will you be able to tell us if anything comes in? No? Okay, but we'll watch it afterwards. Just anyway, type in, I just got healed. I promise you, someone's going to see it and they're going to get healed. Because our testimony of what God has done to us is saying, the Lord will do this for you too. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Put your hand on your heart. Father, I thank you for every person today that has come back that said, yes, Jesus, I'm choosing you above all else. I'm putting you above my idols. I'm pu putting you above myself. I'm putting you above the people around me. Lord, I exalt you above everything. I give you my life completely. I recognize and acknowledge that you are the only way to heaven. You are the truth, the way, and the life. You are the Son of God. There is no one like you. Jesus, I thank you. We give you glory. We thank you for the service. We thank you for this weekend. Lord, we thank you for the new building. We thank you for Heinz and Aleta. We thank you for their family. We thank you for the families in Love Key Church that really loves hard and serves hard, Lord. I thank you for this. I thank you for this community. I thank you that we could have been a part of this. 
We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Nadia. Oh, my wife. Nadia, do you have a word? Yes, my wife always has a word. I'm saying you. I know we prayed for healing now, but I specifically felt um, all throughout the service, there's somebody who's struggling with their left knee. It could be your right knee, um, but it literally feels like I was, as I was standing, that it feels like it's going to dislocate, like there's so much pain in your knee. Who is that? If you could just raise your hand for me. Okay, there's a few of you. Please keep your hands raised. I want to pray for you right now. We're just raising our hands. Just we're saying that we're receiving from you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for all pain in these knees to be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every injury, God, every joint, joint and marrow, Lord. We thank you. Everything to be healed inside of these knees right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you full mobility and full strength to be restored to these knees. That if there's people that have knees that dislocate, that click. Um, yeah, I just felt like a constant clicking in your knees that that would stop in the name of Jesus. Years of discomfort is finished right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can, taste it. We taste it because it takes faith to taste something. We pray and we actually trust God that something's going to shift. So if you can, move, feel your knees, see if something's different. Is anyone experiencing any improvement? Just wave at me. Come on, look at that. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Praise God. You know, I just want to declare over you this weekend, I just felt, uh, yeah, God was just highlighting legs to me and I feel like the enemy has just come just specifically for you guys with the knees, um, that the enemy wanted to give you a limp and to hinder the way that you walk with him. And God doesn't want you to walk with a limp. He wants you to run the race with endurance that lies ahead of you. And I just feel like there was many circumstances where the enemy was trying to trip you up, to stop you from running for him. And I just say today, prophetically, even God just highlighting your knees, He's saying, run for me. Run for me. He's giving you new boldness. I pray for you for an impartation of boldness to run the race fully with endurance, to step into what God has for you. Wow. Can we just give God all the glory, all the honor? Thank you, Jesus. My boy got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Woo! Come on. Yeah. Two down, two to go. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, I just want to, can we just um, honor uh, Picard, his wife, Nadia, Let's just give God glory for, for them and uh, thank you so much. Can we just can we just pray for them? Just extend your faith and, and let's just pray for them. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this beautiful godly couple that you've raised up for a time such as this, that you've called to bring your gospel message with absolute 
so, with so much faith and so much surety of who you are and what your word says. Thank you, Lord, that you through them you bring clarity, that you bring us the challenge of what it really means to believe your word and to act on it. Lord, I pray that 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 what has been ignited in us today will be a permanent thing that has been ignited. It will not fade. It will not shy away. It will stay. It will even burn brighter as we come to keep coming together. Help us to fan the flame that has been ignited in each and every one of us, Lord. Help us to encourage each other to keep going and keep seeing because we will not finish until the Helderberg is saved. We are not finished until the Western Cape is saved. We are not finished until this country is saved and serving Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that. 80% of people that say they are Christians, we thank you that all of them will actually become Christians so that the other 20% doesn't stand a chance. And we claim this nation for our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that it starts with each and every man, woman, and child in this room, each family, each marriage. Help us, Lord, to be the, the sons and the daughters of God you've called us to be. Bless this couple. Bless their ministry. Lord, I pray that you bring everything that they've asked thought and imagined and above lord your word says press down shaken together greater measure more than we can ask think or imagine lord they have plans they have ideas they have dreams i thank you that you're going to blow them away with what you have planned for them thank you jesus we pray that you give them a bigger bigger everything of what they have that as they seek you first and your righteousness lord that you add everything else and, and that, Lord, I just also sense that you are bringing them a child. <laughs> the moment I saw Nadia at the airport, Lord, I felt immediately you say, she is either with child or will be soon. And Lord, I just want to thank you right now that you bless them with fruitfulness, that you bless them with beautiful children. And Lord, I pray that you will open up the wound and make it possible and that your timing will be the perfect timing. Bless them, Lord, with an awesome family uh, of more history makers that will change this world for you. Thank you, Jesus. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you so much. Awesome. I want to... <laughs> They've been such a blessing to us. I want to ask you to go to their website, Christ in Action Ministries, and just go and sow into their ministry and what they are doing. They are doing great work for Jesus. You can see that. Um, help them, support them, whatever way you can. We love you so much. And um, I don't know what else to say other than Jesus loves you. Amen. Go and tell the world that that's true. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday. Remember next Sunday, don't make lunch plans. You're going to be in a music video for the church. Amen. All right. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.